You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Australia, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders in Australia. I'm Crystal, and I help connect businesses with tech talent. And today, I'm your host. Welcome back to another episode of the Evolution Exchange Podcast. I would like to say a big thank you to everyone joining me today to discuss the topic on getting the most out of engineers working remotely. So let's kick things off by meeting today's panel. Aya, do you want to start us off? Sure. Um, hi, my name is Aria. I'm an engineering manager here in Alassian, based in Sydney. And I've been here for almost two years now. I've been working in the tech sector for close to 15 years, and I loved every minute of it. And I've been managing for people for about close to seven years now. And I've been really impressed with how people grow. Outside of work, I try and spend most of my time with my family, two of my kids, and when I get some me time, I like to play volleyball. Thank you, Aya. And Peter? Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Peter. Uh, I'm a product manager at Bill.com, uh, working on the invoice to go platform. Uh, been with the company for just over two years, um, and I initially joined um, when it was called invoice to go um, uh, We did recently get acquired by Bill.com, uh, and so that, 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 uh, that's why I'm there. Um, I love all things music. Um, and I picked up golf as my COVID hobby. Thanks, Peter. And last but not least, Rolly. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Rolly. I'm an engineer manager at Domain. I've been with the company for over six years, and I started as a backend engineer, moving all the way through to team lead, and now my current role. So I'm very passionate about helping teams and people grow within the tech sector. And in my spare time, I play play soccer at my first pick, but because of age and injuries, I, now I pick up squash. And also, if when the weather is good, I like to ride my motorbike around Sydney. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. So since the start of COVID in 2020, we have all experienced forced lockdowns where we all had to work from home. It has been two years, but most tech companies um, have allowed engineers to continue working remotely or at least adopt a hybrid working model. So this brings me to our first question brought forward by Aya. How do you balance people's well-being in a work-from-home environment, both due to forced lockdown as well as when it's by choice? Yeah, hi. Um, this has been quite challenging. I think all of us have gone through uh, different challenges over the last two years, as Crystal, you mentioned. Um, I think it's important to understand that like different people have different situations. Like some people feel very isolated at home because they live by themselves and they're not getting that social engagement and they can't go out. Or there's people that are kind of locked in with their families and doing a variety of homeschooling or, and again, can't get out. So the stress just piles up. It's been very challenging and like managing people that are in those various situations is also quite challenging. Um, it's like, I think one of the good ways of trying to approach it as well has been, we need to keep track of how people are doing, like, uh, how are we measuring their well-being, whether we're sending out surveys or, you know, standardized one-to-one -one questions in our regular catch-ups with them, seeing how they're doing and also trying a variety of social interactions within the team to kind of bring people together. Solidarity, solidarity is really important. So, you know, bringing that message that we're in it together, um, I think has helped to help for 
people that I work with and also discussing with other other people they find that's work for them. But I'm also keen to hear from others in this room. Yeah, I think from from my point of view, so I think since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, you know, managers face the challenge of adapting to an unknown set of rules that they are constantly changing, you know. Two years ago, the situation from two years ago to now is completely different. And this definitely impacted how we run team ceremonies and how we approach people. And also, I believe the aspect of the mental and physical went big change with it, and not having people close where you can go and tap the shoulder and have a chat or they can approach you without, you know, setting a meeting or, or sending a message has changed the dynamic as well. And I think it's this, this put... Uh, this double down the effort that managers need to put in, in the entire team and how check with them regularly and, and but also the initiatives that you know you can take as at the team level but also the business as well they put you know initiatives as, as company level to help with with, with well-being as well you know having flexible flexible working arrangement in terms of hours and locations you know focus focus you know on productivity rather than hours work and, and, you know, respecting the meeting time, if some people, you know, lock down focus time or deep time work, you know, we should respect that, that time. And, but also, you know, the, the business, in, in my case, they are doing, you know, they the serve to, to help, you know, like there's a constant repeat of message of taking leave. Why, regardless of your working from home, it feels like you are on leave, you are not on leave, you're out of work. So the repeating the message about, you know, taking leave, you know, take your time, time off, you know, enjoy, you know, uh, outside, you know, now we, we are in, in, we can actually, you know, start traveling again. And, and also initiatives like, you know, having a well-being week as well is, is very valuable for, for us. Yeah, definitely agree with you, um, Rolly. I think, you know, um, people often underestimate uh, the mental impact the lockdowns and always working from home can have uh, on on teams, and you know, it's really important to recognise that you know at the at the end of the day, you know we are all humans, right? And you know we can't always be switched on. And I feel like when lockdowns happened, uh, we definitely became more attached or more connected, um, kind of by uh, kind of forced to by choice. Uh, and so for for me at least, uh, I struggled a lot with you know maintaining my boundaries between work. Uh, in my home life. Um, there were ways that we addressed that. So, you know, like you were saying, you know, just reinforcing the concept that you know, it's okay to, to to feel how you're feeling, you know, it's okay to be stressed, um, you know, giving plenty of opportunity for your team to, you know, take time off. Um, but then in terms of like setting boundaries, uh, we implemented like a, like a no meeting, no meeting Monday. Um, and, and that's really helped kind of, provide that space and distance to, you know, just to make sure that, you know, you're not always switched on. Um, and yeah, uh, I think, you know, like once you kind of accept the fact that, um, you know, working from home has its perks, but also it's, it's, it's downsides. Um, it makes the next step of organizing initiatives around that much easier. I think I really like one of the things you said there as well, Rolly, in terms of well-being needs to be a priority that's acknowledged top down from the company. And I think that really helps to emphasize the message to, and it needs to be passed all the way down, but it needs to be, uh, it helps to emphasize to the engineers, it's okay to take that time off. It's okay um, that things may slip and that's okay. It's the priority is making sure that we're all staying healthy, particularly in that challenging time. 
Yeah, and, and I think because we we spend a lot of time on the computer, you know, it's it's fine to have this time down as well between you know high intensive tasks. You know, you need to have this downtown time and reflect on what you are doing. You know, and and you know, being idle at work is not necessarily bad. You know, you need I think as engineers we need that time to to rethink. You know, maybe some new idea can spark or some new process instead of you know being full-on connector, you know, during the entire time. And this is the message as well, reinforcing, you know, take time between between tasks, you know, make sure, you know, you, you're having a break, you're walking for, you know, 15 minutes around your place or if you can go out and, and, and yeah, making sure, you know, constantly that that, that the teams uh, understand this message and, and put it into practice. Some really great points, everyone. I would also like to add, getting a dog is great therapy for during <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> then you're forced to leave your house to walk walk your dog. <laughs> All right, great. Let's continue on to our next question, which is from Rolly. In a hybrid workplace, how do you manage teams with engineers both remotely and in the office? Yeah, same thing. So, so yeah, I was uh, reflecting a bit of when when we were forced to work from home and and. You know, many people felt that they were able to be more productive, even if it was only because they no longer had to commute, you know. And in my case, you know, I found myself uh, working more hours just because, you know, I was working up at the same time, but I, I didn't go anywhere. I was just staying at home. And my setup was actually, you know, my, my dining table where I put my laptop. I just, you know, improvised my working space. And and I think it was spread across the team because I remember seeing the sprint velocity increase, you know, and because people, there was the only activity, you know, you could just work, you know, you couldn't go out to the supermarket, you could, but almost you couldn't do anything. So, so you know, however, this this is not sustainable, you know, in the long term and and, and, and managing the, the workload across teams is, is became a, a real issue. So, so and now that we are moving into a more hybrid environment where people are working from home, people are in the office, it's kind of you know we have these two worlds to manage and 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 yeah, I want to get basically what what's the what the thoughts of the of the of Peter and Aria about this. And but I think my focus is to you know focus on pro, on productivity rather than hours worker to ensure you know each team member is equally responsible for the team success. And also as well, there has been change in, in the office to support this type of environment because technologically, I don't think we were prepared for this. However, has been a leap of, of, there was a jump in technology that now allow us to be more effective. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think like pre-pandemic, um, people took for granted, um, you know, just being in the office, you know, just like being able to tap, you know, your colleague over the shoulder and, you know, like just have that discussion and you actually lose so much information that you just uh, uh, that you absorb when you're just in the same space, right? Um, but but after the pandemic, you know, everyone was forced online in a virtual. And I agree. I think the tools have definitely caught up. Um, for me, uh, my personal experience was so our company has always been hybrid. Um, so we have headquarters based in the US. Um, and when I joined uh, in Boys to Go, uh, it was actually day one of the first lockdown. Uh, so I, I never got to meet my team uh, for at least six months, right? And so, you know, when you're a product manager you know, and you have to work with various different stakeholders, both in the US and in Australia, you're kind of forced to adopt, you know, a bunch of tools, um, which I think we've been lucky. Uh, we've always had 
like the, the suite of tools to help us maintain you know, collaboration and connection. Um, but yeah, just, just having um, like a structure and process around, you know, uh, what tools you use for collaboration, for communication, for, you know, for recording videos, for documentation, like, like that's really important. And what isn't sustainable is when you have different teams using different tools for the, for the same purpose, um, you know, having like a top down uh, a view for, you know, or like a standard operating model for, um, for what tools you use can be very helpful in, you know, um, ensuring that both in person and remotely everyone, everyone's across the, de the details. Yeah, I think um, I was in a similar boat to you, Peter, in terms of joining a company, a company during pandemic. So like similar experience, didn't get to meet the people face-to-face. -face, so I missed out on that office walkthrough, if you will. And um, although being quite lucky in Sydney at the time, it was not too heavy. So managed to go out for a, a team lunch once and get to meet the, um, meet the team, which was awesome. Um, but I think kind of going to that, as we're transitioning now towards that flexibility of people being able to work in the office and people being able to work from home. Another challenge that will probably start to pop up more and more is um, people people that are remote having that fear of missing out because they're not in the office, um, particularly if it's more of a team that's based in the office. So I think I think like it's important to, as you're talking about mandate, like having a top-down mandate for certain things in terms of collaboration tools. Another one is around being fair so when there's people dialing remotely, I think it's important that they're not just seeing one single room of everyone, everyone, but seeing everyone individually dialing in puts that image of fairness, and it helps uh, people appreciate that yeah, we're, um, everyone's on the same, everyone's on the same boat, everyone's on the same floor, everyone's being given the same opportunities as well. So I think that's a, that's another angle of that too, when we're having that hybrid style. Yeah, that, that's a good point about being inclusive with 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 both worlds, basically, and how how challenging this is for managers as well. Yeah, yeah, because we have to be the face of that as well and inspire people and um, sometimes remind them as well and trying to um, yeah, again, maintain that inclusiveness. Awesome. Anyone else want to add anything on that topic? Yeah, I, I just want to touch on that on that word, which is inclusiveness, because I think it's an underrated um, topic. Uh, because it's easy to assume, uh, like you know, when you're all in the office, that sorry, it's easy to achieve inclusiveness when you're all there in person. Um, but as Rolly was saying before, um, you know, in in a hybrid workplace, um, it, that has to be, I guess higher prioritized as something that you focus on. Um, you know, as a product manager, um, you know, it's it's my job to make sure that, you know, I get the views of as many stakeholders as possible and so that we are all collaborating on solving, you know, the problem in the right way. And so, you know, when you're there in person, you know, you, you, you can achieve that pretty easily. But, you know, when you have half the team, uh, you know, on Zoom and, you know, half the team in an office space, like, and how do you make sure like everyone feels like they can, they can contribute you know, equally? Um, so like what, one of my principles that I have is that just assume there's always going to be someone remote, right? Uh, and so everything that you do um, you know, in terms of like setting up workshops and sessions is geared towards that principle. 
Um, but at the same time, during the meetings as well, you know, it's it's important to like make sure that people who are remote, you know, you kind of have to force them to provide their input. Otherwise, they're just going to be like uh, looking at a screen. Um, and so, yeah, um, you know, focusing more on the human aspects, you know, of, of work um, is is definitely important in a hybrid workplace. Great. So, Pete and Aya, you both um, you both mentioned that you started a new job during COVID. So, I thought we could expand on that a little bit more and talk a bit about the experience of onboarding, you know, a new team member in a hybrid or remote workspace. Um, yeah, please share your experiences. Um, I'm happy to go first, uh, Peter. Um, yeah. So, I, I think. For me, one of the things I personally missed and I've been very used to was uh, what I mentioned earlier, like that office walkthrough, getting to meet everyone, um, getting to meet the team and like other stakeholders. So to kind of mimic that, um, you know, assigning a buddy, a virtual buddy and having them free uh, and available to you is a, a really important part and trying to document as much uh, of the onboarding as possible. Like um, I know in the past I've had it where you know, when you start when you're starting the new company, uh, this person will walk you through it because it's all in their head. As much of that it can be documented down, becomes a lot more scalable in terms of onboarding new people within the team and also within the company, depending on how large the company is. Um, but I think it's the from my personal challenge is I felt it very hard um, to interact with new people because again, I have never met them in person. It's, I can't go and tap their shoulder because I just don't know them. So it's really important in that early days to have some of those like get to know you sessions, you know, intros and get to know you and just essentially bonding. Like, yeah, it's not face to face, but at the same time, just getting to know someone makes it a lot easier to say, hey, like to ping them on Slack or to, you know, bug them on Zoom. You know, are you free to help me out with this? This is something I'm not familiar with. And just, yeah, having that kind of, Getting to know it helps that, and then building some more forcing functions. So, in terms of having that regular catch up upfront with some people to get familiar with the whole company and the team and the process. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, um, Aria. I think like onboarding is is a lot easier <laughs> done in person. Uh, for me personally, um, I had a pretty good onboarding experience, uh, and I think it comes down to a few things. Number one. Uh, the company values, uh, and you know, a, a lot of people talk about values, and like they don't really mean it. But uh, this company, uh, I feel like, truly embodied like like teamship, you know, and and being as as helpful as possible. So I think, you know, if you instill the right values in your team and you build a culture of, you know, uh, openness and, and communication, that goes a long way um, in making the onboarding process easier. Um, I guess more tactically uh, for me. Um, because our company was always working hybrid, um, documentation was big for us. Um, so making sure that, you know, uh, you know, you have one page where you go to for like your group or your team, you know, um, you know, all your team values, your principles, you know, your goals and objectives, like they're all just documented in one space. Um, and, you know, just a shout out to Avassian here, uh, but like Confluence and Jira have been like crucial for enabling that, you know, we have everything in Confluence. Um, so just having a single like place just to go to, just, just to get a download for, 
you know, your team, you know, who, who to speak to for what, you know, like even just a page for team members and the contact details is really important. And then lastly, uh, for, for, for myself, um, you know, I got a lot of one-on-ones just get scheduled on my diary in, in my first two weeks of joining. Uh, and so uh, I think it was a company's way of, you know, just saying, hey, like, you know, here are the most important people that you have to meet in, in the first two weeks. Um, and really like those one-on-ones is just, just banter sessions, you know, it's just, it's just getting to know your team members, you know, finding out a little bit more about their, their history with the company and, you know, telling them about yourself. Uh, I never spoke about work uh, in these sessions. It was just getting to know, you know, your team members. And so um, having that as a process and baked into the culture um, really made my onboarding experience quite good, uh, despite me being fully remote for the first six months. Yeah, probably one of the aspects which is challenging as well is, is not only for the per, for the new person joining the team, but the but the team itself, you know, because when someone new joins, there are changes in the dynamic of the team. So, and when we when you are working in an office, you can notice these these changes faster, you know, and 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 the response was more effective. And now, you know, we need to be extra aware, you know, of, of how, you know, the mood of the team is going, you know, how they feel and, and how this new person as well is integrating into the team practices. So, so yeah, it's, it's pretty challenging. And as I see Peter and Aria were saying, like we rely on, you know, well-known process across the organization, you know, we require, you know, extra effort for the leaders and, and also the support team, you know, dealing with the, all the on systems onboarding. All right, let's unpack this topic just a little bit more with our final question, which is shared by Peter. How do teams maintain collaboration and connection in a world of distributed teams? Uh, yeah, so um, I guess I think I've provided some context as to as to why um, came up with this question. So, you know, having joined, um, you know, the company as a PM uh, you know, remote from day one, really um, introduces, uh, you know, some major challenges, you know, as, you know, a lot of my job is around collaboration, you know, workshopping um, and just keeping stakeholders, you know, across so many different things. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, and so um, for me, I group them into two buckets. So collaboration uh, being one of them and then maintaining connection. Um, so I think to, you know, to maintain collaboration, um, you know, there are definitely you know, some amazing tools out there uh, that, that we've, you know, as an entire business, have adopted. Um, but I think, you know, before I go, go into the tools, um, you know, it's really important to have structure uh, into your work week, you know, especially when you, know, you can't have those moments where, you, you know, you tap your colleague on the shoulder, you know, or, you know, you, you just jump into a room and, like, quickly whiteboard, a, you know, a solution. Um, you need to have like set routines and structures to kind of, you know, uh, to allow, to, to kind of force uh, the space for people to, you know, uh, to, to add their thoughts. And so, you know, um, apart from the usual scrum ceremonies, um, you know, I schedule a lot of like weekly check-ins. Um, I think Aria and Rollo might hate me for saying this, but, you know, like, uh, like check-ins for, you know, many things um, like uh, delivery check-ins, like progress check-ins, like, they become pretty, pretty important, crucial for maintaining that cadence, uh, and just making sure that everyone's, you know, connecting um, in in one space. Um, I think as well, like you know, in, in a virtual environment, um, people have just gotten into the habit of just booking meetings for the sake of meetings. And so, when you have these weekly check-ins, it kind of, you know, does prevent you know people just 
chucking in random meetings on your calendar just to ask a quick question. Um, for us, um, Miro is a must-have. Uh, so Miro has been like such an amazing tool to maintain collaboration. It's great because it, it allows like real-time, you know, like whiteboarding, um, you know, with a team, uh, and it's just like pretty easy to use. Um, and you know, we focus a lot on documentation. Um, so, you know, with with every weekly check-in that we have, you know, we have a document that captures, you know, like an agenda, decisions, uh, you know, who was there. Um, and, and just notes about that meeting. It does get a bit, you know, um, like I guess burdensome, you know, when you're the person that's writing out documentation, but you know, which PM isn't. Um, but yeah, like like documentation is crucial. Um, and you know, I've been in previous companies where like there's no no documentation and decisions weren't captured, and it was really hard to follow like Slack threads and just like email threads and. Like just having one space or like one one repository to to capture all this information is pretty important. Um, I think as well, um, you know, in, you know, in the absence of people not having more time uh, on the calendar, um, you know, doing like video recordings can also be quite um, beneficial as well. Um, so, you know, if, if I know that I've got counterparts in the US that I have to you know provide uh, updates to. Uh, I might just record a record a Loom uh, using Zoom or Loom just to record a quick, um, you know, progress update and send that across for feedback. Because uh, I think like the the downside to having lots of documentation is that you know when you're constantly pinging people for feedback and you know like can you please review this document and that document like you can get lost in a sea of documentation and so sometimes um, having a video recording where you're where you're sharing your screen and actually talking through that. Uh, can achieve the same outcome as having a Zoom meeting uh, with the people there in person. Um, and then jumping to, you know, how do we maintain connection um, with the team? Uh, so I think it's really important, especially in a hybrid world where you take the time to meet people one-on-one -on -one in your team, um, even if they're, they're not your direct reports or they're not like directly in your team, um, you know, just taking the time to just connect with your colleagues and just forcing like a half an hour block um, is is important. Um, as a company, uh, we have like you know team events uh, that are scheduled. So every Monday morning, we have we have like a virtual um, like a stand up, um, and then every Friday afternoon, we have a a virtual Friday wrap. Um, and yeah, uh, another thing for me to maintain connection is just to just to know that not every meeting has to be so serious. Um, so. You know, take some time out of that meeting just to banter with your team. You know, um, you, you don't want to start off a meeting with like just talking going directly into like into business. Um, and so I feel like that helps, you know, create connection. Um, and last but not least, you know, if, you're, if your company has the budget to, um, you know, uh, scheduling an on-site and off-site can be really um, beneficial for the team. Um, I had the privilege of being able to fly to the States recently uh, to meet, um, you know, my, some team members in the U.S. office. Um, and, and that made a pretty big difference in, in how I felt connected to the business uh, as well as my team members. Um, yeah, I'm keen to hear what um, Rollo and Ari have to say about that. Yeah, probably that's something I, I can add. I think your, your answer covers a lot of the topics that uh, that really want to to you know how to collaborate and connect with through the teams and 
one of the aspects is how to work in, a, in an asynchronous way, you know, when people are located in different time zones as well, like how do we make sure the messages are transmitted correctly, you know, and they are understood at the other end when we are not available. And, and you know, having consensus with the team, you know, in, can be in, a, in the form of something, you know, more formal as, you know, a team agreement where we all agree to do certain practices that, uh, and, and, and this can, you know, set the foundation for effective collaboration. And, and yeah, as you say, you know, having a, a, an agree communication framework as well that, you know, help to organize work and, and, and what you expect, you know. And, and, and yeah, and also like having some sync time between the team as well is important regardless of where people are. So they can see each other and, you know, and, and, you know, even just say hello, you know, we are all humans at the end. We want to know how, you know, we want to talk about some, you know, personal stuff as well happening over the weekend, you know, and this is, this is part of this connection, you know, and the bonding of the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like just speaking on the connection side first, um, one of the ideas that you mentioned is something I really like as well. Um, so like sometimes, you know, how you schedule like the virtual coffees or the virtual lunches, people, some people find that too much of a forcing function and they're like, oh, it's, it's another virtual meeting. So they don't want to go to it. So reusing an existing meeting to have that break of social interaction to help build that relationship uh, among people and among team members and then diving into the work aspect. That's also a really good way of um, both having that connection built up uh, more naturally as well as um, and getting to the collaboration side. And I really agree collaboration, collaborative tools have definitely come a, lot, a long way over the last uh, two years um, to help with this um, you know, pandemic world. So we've things have become a lot easier. Like, uh, you know, you mentioned Miro as well. Definitely agree. It's a lot, it's becomes very useful to do that um, virtual white, uh, whiteboard within the team. I think as well, while we mentioned, it's important to maintain um, how people like to work. So, you know, some people, they want to have their quiet hours um, because now we have that flexibility of work, right? So, you know, um, some parents might have more challenges at say three to four or three to five, and then they can start working from five to seven. So three to five becomes like no working hours. So it's like important to maintain that, but it's also important to have that um, intentional togetherness time too. So both from a maintaining connection and being able to chat and get to know each other better, but also being able to sync up um, to help get get your questions answered and making sure that you're you're not blocked and you're continuing to be able to get through what you need to is a really important part. So I think like one of the things I like during my onboarding experience as well is setting that that ritual of how I like to work. So you know what's my hours like you know nine to ten if I'm having breakfast I don't want to be interrupted I don't want to have my meetings when I'm eating breakfast for example um, and preferring that sync versus async communication is also important. We need both. Um, and we need to make sure we're doing them effectively. Great. Um, was there anything that anyone else wanted to add or any topics that came up in mind during this discussion that you want to discuss? Yeah, just quickly. I think, Rollo, you mentioned um, asynchronous communication. Um, that that's, that's massive for us here as well. Um, you know, there are so many people that you have to get across you know, the details and you know, it's not enough that you start a Slack thread or, you know, you book a meeting. Like sometimes like that just, a lot of the times that's not feasible, right? And so seeking asynchronous updates um, you know, and having a process around making sure that the team is enabled to work asynchronously 
is super important. But then I think it's like a balance, right? Because if you're too asynchronous, then you don't get the together time with the team. Um, but you, if you're always seeking like that, that, that real-time session with the person, uh, then it, it might not be feasible uh, timing-wise. So I think, yeah, I think you captured it quite well in that statement. Awesome. Anything else? All right. Well, thanks everyone for the great questions and contributions that were put forward today. We will leave the discussion here for now. And I would like to say a big thanks once again to Aya, Rolly and Pete uh, for the great discussion on getting the most out of engineers working remotely. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time on the next installment of the Evolution Exchange.